Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. Today, we are going to be talking about accelerating disruption and partnering with our legal organizations. So I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organizations. I'm a fellow also with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted that our guest today is Alexia Moss. Alexia is a dual qualified lawyer in both the U.S. and the U.K. whose career spans 25 years to date. After 16 years in private practice, Alexia moved in-house as the European Counsel for CHC Helicopter Corporation. She then joined the Volvo Group in 2013 and was promoted a year later to become the Global General Counsel for Volvo Financial Services, headquartered in the U.S. Volvo Financial Services has over $17 billion in managed assets and is regulated as a bank in 14 of the 48 countries in which it operates. Alexia manages a diverse and remote team of approximately 55 lawyers and compliance officers worldwide. A trusted advisor and strategic business partner, she has a strong focus on execution and creative problem solving. The multicultural experiences she has gained from having lived and worked in several countries around the world have aided her work over the years and also now as the leader of the Global Law Department. So I am delighted that Alexia is joining us today. I think this conversation is going to be really interesting as we think about how disruption is playing out in our economy. So with great power comes great responsibility. Our spiritual evolution and collective wisdom struggle to keep pace with the power granted by our technological evolution. Harnessing the good that business does by scaling science for the benefit of humanity through creating communities where people can learn and contribute more than they could alone, and by furthering human flourishing are among the noblest aims we may pursue. The future toward which business is leading us in 2030 is the backdrop for our change. So we're looking at at what will happen over the next decade as we enter 2020. We have in our hands, as citizens and as business leaders, the power to do great good by pointing business toward the most inspirational and useful aims and leading those changes with passion and reason. So, Alexia, I'm delighted to have you join us today. Thank you very much, Maureen. It's a pleasure to be with you. Is there anything before we jump into what you're saying that you want to give us about your background or set some of the context for our conversation today? Well, I think with my background, you, you've summed it up very well. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have lived and worked in 
several countries in Europe and now in the US. So I think that has also given me a great perspective and insight into the different ways of doing business and the different cultures. And I find that to be extremely helpful in, in my role today. Thank you. So um, what are you seeing with regard to disruption as a general counsel and specifically in the global context? Well, I've certainly seen quite an evolution in the role of the GC over the last 10 years, but specifically when it comes to disruption, and here we're talking about the sort of things we're seeing in in the last couple of years in the short term, um, I would certainly call it not so much an evolution as an unprecedented rate of change and development. And not just in small increments either, but more of a total conceptual change in many ways. So globally, and particularly for our industry, we're seeing things rising from fintech disruption to technology advancements. So we think about things like autonomous vehicles, the Internet of Things, and electromobility. And when you couple this with the rise of artificial intelligence, growing environmental concerns, and rapid population growth and urban development, all these things together, I think, have completely turned our industry and most other people's industries on their heads. And our customers, of course, in response, are demanding something completely different from us. So a result of this is is that traditional business models need to adapt and change quite dramatically in order to survive. And when businesses change their operating models like that, so too must the traditional support functions. And here we're talking about legal support or finance, etc. Otherwise, we just become disjointed. I find particularly the rate of change and its impact um, that we've seen in real terms is happening much, much quicker than before. You know, we used to be able to track trends, watch things happening over the horizon and, and how they develop slowly over, say, three to five years. But now the gap from the first rumor to market reality is really shrinking. And for this, I think organizations and legal functions that support them, we need to be extremely agile in order to react on time because otherwise the opportunity to go from being an industry leader or even an early adopter to just being a follower can be over before you know it. I think that's a critical point to make here is, again, we all hear about the rate of change, but it sounds like you are seeing it pretty dramatically in your daily life now. Yes, certainly. I mean, even just from our own experience, I can think about things that we we would start talking about maybe 12, 18 months ago. Um, that ordinarily in the past you might have had a long lead-in time to talk about them, consider them, maybe start some projects around them, and eventually commercialize those ideas. Now we're seeing that if we don't move on that and bring things to market within that short space of time, you're behind the curve. Um, So that whole, not just the amount of disruption that we're seeing in the industry, which brings sort of, like I say, total conceptual change to the table, the speed with which we have to react is, you know, quite daunting, and that brings a whole number of new challenges to it. Then we see, on top of that, another layer in that the competitive environment that we're in is also moving very quickly. 
for example, in the past, we might have to focus on trying to anticipate what our competitors would do next. But now I think we also need to think about who our competitors might be. Because um, we see new market entrants all the time, um, whether they be startups or even well-established companies, but coming in from completely different prior industries. So, again, it's about this conceptual change about now we're thinking about not just how, but who we're going to be doing business with in the future. I think that's another really critical point is that as you um, move to stay current, that the competitive field is changing dramatically on a regular basis. And people who used to be not even in the game are, are now potential competitors or, or allies or both. Yes. Yes, definitely. And that, you know, and that's a big factor to, you know, how everything that we need to take into consideration now from a business and organizational perspective, but also, you know, as we provide support in the legal context, um, you need to understand, uh, you know, what the competitive landscape looks like and who the new market entrants might be, what technologies are they bringing to the table, because all of this could dramatically change the way we do business. And, of course, with that, it's never too far behind that then the legal and the, the sort of regulatory framework and environment starts to react. And that's also something I'm seeing now is not only do we have this sort of traditional sort of great volume of complex legal and regulatory rules that we need to sort of navigate all the time, but we're now seeing a growing gulf between too much rushed legislation, um, which often creates more problems than it solves, and a lack of timely regulation due to the speed of change. And both of these things sort of often leave the business executives and the lawyers having to make decisions in situations of much greater ambiguity than ever before. And, and this, when you couple it with um, heavier and better coordinated enforcement agencies, uh, you end up with a really tricky regulatory environment that can be very difficult to navigate, especially at speed. Um, so I think all these things together um, are, are really sort of set the scene for what we see in the world of disruption and how much it can impact both our businesses and our, the way we support them. And for, from my angle there, it's particularly focused on, you know, the legal support and compliance. So with that as the backdrop, with continuing change in the services you offer, who the competition is, who the customers may be, and this complex soup of uh, regulation, uh, what roles have you taken that you found to, to be most effective as a GC? Yeah, I think as a GC, particularly, um, like I said, I've seen a great evolution in the role over the years, but with this market and environment of disruption that we see, the roles where I think we can be most effective are when you act as more of a founder, not just a fixer, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute, but also when you act as a change agent uh, to the business and to your own legal function. Uh, and lastly, when you act as a thought leader, uh, particularly with uh, your own professional peers and also with the external advisor network uh, that we rely on so heavily. So just to put some color on that, um, so with this fixer-to-founder mentality that I often speak about, um, 
traditionally we would we would always promote the idea of embedding or integrating the legal team with the business or your management team so that you can be proactive and involved in things much earlier you know that's the standard but this was very much focused on how something should be done after the business had already decided what that something was so this, to me, is what makes lawyers traditionally play the role of fixer, where you're either fixing to make something happen or you're tidying up loose ends. Now we're seeing much more of a shift to where we also share in the owner's mindset, and thus we become more like stakeholders in a project. And in this scenario, we're sort of an equal part of the decision why to do something or what to do or who to partner with, for example, as opposed to just how to do it. However, there's a caveat here. Whilst that's an exciting shift for us and and one we embrace, particularly as lawyers, we need to always maintain a balance there between thinking like an owner and being involved at a very early stage, but keeping that fine line of independence so that we can continue to offer impartial legal advice to the company. And that may sometimes be unwelcome advice, but it still needs to be given. So this is a fine balancing act. And I think given the backdrop that we're in now with this rapid disruption, it's a very important and sharply defined skill set that all in-house lawyers today need to be developing. So it, it, the the shift between or, or the balancing of, so the paradox of I, I'm a partner in the business leadership team and concurrently I am still the legal advisor who, who in some cases stands apart from the team and in some cases I believe probably reports to the board as well, right? So you have a t- yeah. separate fiduciary responsibility? Yeah, so like I said, it's kind of, it's more more a conceptual division there that you need to make sure that you don't lose sight of. It's important, I think, in 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 the environment of fast disruption that we stay more connected with our business colleagues and are viewed as more of a strategic partner as opposed to just a legal advisor, you know, because so much of this, so much of the key value that we bring to the table is in what we can help with in the early decisions, you know, what do you need to be thinking about doing first before you can launch with this new idea and kind of traipsing through that regulatory mind that we have going now with so much legislation out there and so much, you know, still so much left unanswered. But as you say, you know, we as lawyers in-house counsel, we can't lose sight of the fact that we still have a responsibility. We are there to advise as well. We're there to ensure so there be the legal and moral compass of the company, make sure that we help our colleagues achieve what they want to achieve and the business to go where it wants to go, but still doing that, you know, in the right way and within the regulatory framework. And as you say, in some cases, being able to report that to the board. So there's a lot going on here, um, lots of skills, and with that comes also you know, some agility. And that brings me back to my point about being a change agent um, because in order to keep pace, GCs must become effective change agents, and particularly in the areas of operations um, and the developing of the new skill sets that we need within 
the team because with these new business areas popping up everywhere, so then come new new sort of legal um, theories and areas that we all need to become experts in, just like we did with data privacy a few years ago when the GDPR came on the radar. It's, it's similar now in the world of tech. So on the operational side, I often think about here we need to be able to match. It's no good if the business just becomes really, you know, forward-thinking and evolutionary in the way it delivers products and services to the customers with the latest technology and going digital, etc. If we don't make similar changes at the back end um, in the support function, then there's going to be a complete drag on the business there and a, a misalignment. Um, and that's a whole area. So here we start to enter into the world of sort of legal tech and reg tech tools and alternative service providers. That's an area of rapid disrupt, uh, disruption in itself. But with that, I would say my one piece of advice, and I've learned this myself, you know, often, you know, through my own mistakes, is as tempting as it is with all this pressure, don't rush in. I think it's really important to focus on what should change, what really needs to change as opposed to what could change, and to really take your time to find out which is which, because you can change anything, really, if you want to, but it's not always necessary. And here, particularly, I would say the importance of collaboration can't be overemphasized, because any change, big or small, becomes 10 times harder if it doesn't represent a wanted solution to a shared problem. You know, you have to find the pain point that, that's common to everybody um, or to the ones you're trying to address in your team and get together to figure out what is the best solution and then how, how to bring that into reality. Otherwise, it's just a, a series of grand ideas that one person has and it's, it's, you'll never implement that if you don't take the time first to really get together and, and figure it out as a team. So let's, on that note, let's move to break. And I love the idea of taking the right amount of time because I know there are some of us who are rushing, rushing through every part of our day. And yet as an executive, there is certainly a, an appropriate amount of due diligence in the environment of agility and disruption that still has to happen to consider the right next step. So you are with Alexia Moss and Maureen Metcalf, and we are talking about the role of the general counsel and legal in leading businesses forward in times of disruption. And during our break, I would ask our listeners to think about what's being disrupted in your organization and how do you decide what is appropriate pace to consider all of the implications on one side, which is probably slow, and on the other side, moving forward too quickly and potentially creating business disadvantage. So we will be right back after a break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. You are with Maureen Metcalf and Alexia Moss, and we're talking about the topic of disruption. That is our theme as we enter the decade of 2020 and looking at the role of the general counsel, especially as we think about disruption in global organizations. So, Alexia, in a perfect world, what role would the GC play with regard to disruption? Well, before the break, Maureen, I already set the scene a little bit by describing the roles where I thought the GC can be most effective. And, and just to recap, that's where I spoke about moving from a fixer to a founder or stakeholder mindset, but also being an effective change agent and a thought leader. So just to pick up there, I think with um, just coming back on, on the change agent side of things, something I would like to add is that it's also really important to make sure that whatever changes you're trying to implement are really well aligned with both the business need and the external market demands. 
um, because otherwise it's a bit like trying to drive a train without the railroad tracks underneath you. I think it's a mistake that people often make, and you tend to lose sight of why you're really trying to make a change in the first place. So in the context of managing disruption, for me, it's all about looking for things you can do that will make your life easier by increasing agility, improving speed by simplifying processes and enhancing the capacity to find more efficient and productive ways of of working. And then on the thought leadership side, here I speak particularly about what we as GCs can do towards our professional peers and particularly our external counsel. Law firms are also fighting to adapt in a new environment with their traditional workplace being eroded uh, by other market entrants, disruptors of their own. But one of the strongest weapons they have also is the relationship they have with in-house counsel. And I think if we continue to talk and collaborate well with each other, um, listening to what our new needs are, um, we'll be able to work much better together to be able to provide and receive the type of legal support and advice um, that we need today in this backdrop of, you know, fundamental shifts and, and, and high speed. And I think a way of summing that up really for me then is to say surround yourself with people. I like to talk about my external advisors as external team members as opposed to just advisors. So surround yourself with people both inside and outside your organization who know your business really well, know your industry really well, and also those who know the disruptor space really well. It's important to have those three elements. When you have those three together, then you've got a really good team and you have a fighting chance of staying ahead of the game. You know, I think it's really important, this idea of collaborating with internal and external partners. And I do use the term external partners very deliberately in how we set up our arrangements with people outside of our organizations, because it seems like when we treat someone as a vendor, we get the response of the level of service of vendor. And I say that in that if I haven't uh, co-developed offerings or shared enough information, then I'm not going to end up with a partner who is able to be proactive in supporting my business. And I, so I did a show recently with a former executive of of, uh, P&G and uh, in a different role, he was not a general counsel, but talking about why uh, technology disruptions fail. And part of that is uh, how we structure our external relationships with uh, delivery stakeholders, so, so um, partners and collaborators. And so it seems like that is absolutely foundational to, and, and certainly in my experience as well, it's foundational to enabling all of us to succeed. So it, it's a, it, that change in relationship is in itself a change for, for many organizations in holding vendors at arm's length versus an external partner. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. And I've often said um, before, sometimes when I get the opportunity to to speak on these topics with external law firms and and other advisors or people that we may typically have viewed in the past as a vendor uh, engagement, is that uh, 
they need to think of themselves and we need to think of them as, as business partners. And, and that's, like I said, think of them as external team members. And that there you start to to lose the sense of a them and us type um, arrangement or engagement. And I think, and it's, so it's a two-way flow. We can't, as in-house counsel, we can't just look to our external advisors and say, you must do more, you must be faster, you must be crisper and more, you know, summarized in your, in your advice. But if we don't bring them into the fold of what we're doing and what we're needing to achieve as a business, you know, they really need to know the business as well as we do. And the only people that can give them that, that sense of knowledge is, is us. So the whole relationship needs to be completely different to a typical vendor customer relationship. And uh, I think, you know, that then manifests itself in how they structure themselves. For example, I've often said traditional law firms that were structured in, in with practice areas, you know, corporate law or employment law, um, may well want to consider restructuring slightly into industry areas because as I've seen, I've worked, you know, in-house now for 10 years and I've worked in different industries. And whilst we have, you know, some core needs that we have to have covered in terms of, of our legal support, you know, that the finance or employment law needs of a financial services company uh, can be very different to that in pharmaceuticals or oil and gas. So I, I like to think of looking for external law firms to almost mirror the industry or the companies uh, they're looking to support, and then it becomes a much more symbiotic um, relationship. And this brings me back to you a little bit to, you know, when I spoke earlier about the business bringing legal into play much earlier. And, you know, so they also don't think of us as a support function so much as they do now think of us as internal partners and enablers um, because much of the value brought to the table in key decisions today is in the, the what I would call the preemptive or anticipatory strike. You know, what is it you need to do first in order to to do what you really want to do or need to do as a business. And that sort of analysis um, is where legal and other functions come into their own. And, and when you're dealing in a backdrop of disruption and volatile change, I think it really helps to have a much wider array of perspectives around the table. And it becomes a bit like, you know, we often talk about thinking outside the box, but for me, there's often, I think more often we need to realize that there is no box anymore. Um, so let's, you know, it's a complete change in, in how we tackle and approach things, both internally and externally. You know, that's one of the areas I think the the organizations I work with that are the most effective is leadership teams have that dual perspective of I have my functional expertise and I am a member of this bigger team and my primary responsibility, and I realize that changes by the moment probably, but my primary responsibility is as a member of the executive team running the organization, my secondary responsibility, but also has to be done, is from my functional area because the only way we can work at this speed to navigate disruption is to have legal and other parts of the organization that used to be considered overhead or 
less critical in some way to the organization. Everyone needs to be at the table and participating in key decisions. So it is no longer sequential in processing. It's really a collective wisdom running the organization. I think that's really well said. I particularly like the way you describe it as no longer sequential in processing. And I think that really nails it on the head because, like I said earlier, there used to be that that process where decisions were made and then there would be a financial impact analysis and then it would come out for let's just check with legal that everything is okay. And that's usually where things unraveled or you had to rethink how you did things. And But in the past, you could kind of deal with that because you had more time on your side. Now, with so much moving so quickly and disruptors coming in left, right, and center, you know, we don't have the luxury of that time anymore. So it needs to be much more embedded and integrated with the functions and the P&L leaders coming together to really analyze and discuss what it is the business is trying to achieve And there are times also when, despite that collective expertise around the table, we're still unable or or it's a struggle to make those decisions because, again, we're talking about a whole new area that perhaps we none of us have a great deal of expertise. And this is where I think it's also important to remember for leaders, any leaders, whether you're a business leader or a functional leader, that it's important to work together with the disruptors and don't always feel that you must work against them, you're competing with them, uh, you know, because together we can reshape the way we do business. We don't always need to reinvent the wheel just because somebody else is doing it. Um, so I call this, it's a bit like, you know, it's getting in the sandbox together. And for me, this is way more than traditional business development. If we collaborate together in the right way, you know, companies can take some pretty big bets and, on the future of their business and, and really affect some real change. And in particular, I think um, both the Volvo Group and here particularly Volvo Financial Services has done this very well by creating a formal incubator or accelerator program. Uh, we've called it iLabX, but it's a program where we invited several startup and fintech companies from around the world to join us in this sandbox for 10 weeks and effectively help us disrupt our own business. This was extremely successful, and we're now working and partnering with a few of these companies to commercialize those ideas. So this is a real example of what I was talking about before, about finding ways to make those small sprints, test ideas, pilot them, get you know get to the point of being able to commercialize really quickly, but also get to the point where you can recognize what what didn't work, what seemed like a good idea at the time, but actually now that we now that we roll up our sleeves and try and make it happen, we can see that this is not the way forward for us. And I think that's equally important in these times that companies learn how to do that. And that's a that's going to be a call a skill set for leaders too, because leaders often need to be the ones to call a spade a spade and say, this one's not working. Let's not spend another 18 months trying to fix it. Let's drop it and move forward with something else because otherwise you lose that momentum. And while you're too busy trying to fix this age-old project, everyone around you has, you know, beaten you to the, to the pit, to the front of the line 
for the race. And I, I think all these things together, you know, it's a new way of working, like you say, with it traditional external partners and also with new external partners who may be these disruptors that we speak of. So let's go on break now. I want to come back after the break and talk more about iLabX and how how that functions within a large successful organization. So you are both innovating and disrupting and concurrently running a business that requires uh, requires you to, at a minimum, follow legal regulations for financial institutions across, I think it's 48 countries, which is highly complex and regulated in itself. So I, I would love to delve into that. You are with Alexia Moss and Maureen Metcalf, and we are talking about what Volvo Financial Services is doing in the disruptive space and the role of legal. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. If you're an entrepreneur, you want to focus on the big picture. But a growing business requires compliance, regulations, tax issues, and more. Listen to Candy Messer and Biz Help for You. Our program takes the guesswork out of the equation in order to give you the answers and peace of mind. From payroll to labor laws to entrepreneurial tips, you'll find something new with each week's episode. Biz Help for You can be heard every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Hi, welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. You are with Maureen Metcalf and Alexia Moss, and we are talking about disruption and specifically Alexia's experience with Volvo Financial Services, and she is in a global leadership role working across 48 countries. So uh, you were talking before our break, Alexia, about iLabX and what Volvo is doing to create disruption within the organization. Can we dive a little bit deeper on that? And one of the things I'm curious about, is this a one-time experiment or does iLabX remain in, uh, in constituted as part of the organization to continue to look at disruption? It, it will be something that we do again. Um, we ran it for the first time um, this past year. Uh, it was like I was describing earlier. It was a 10-week program, sort of incubator accelerator program, where we partnered with an accelerator company. They're a company called Elmarks, and they help bring corporate organizations like ourselves together with players out there in the fintech startup markets and they, they, they help us sort of come together if you like so we created a program where we looked at we whittled down to sort of four key areas in our business that we saw as being you know potential ripe for disruption and that we wanted some help addressing, you know, like we thought these were areas that we knew we had to make a move on, but of course, you know, we, we wouldn't necessarily have all the answers ourselves, so it's the perfect setting to bring in these fresh new companies, some of which are startups, some were well-established or more established fintechs already with a few rounds of investment behind them. Um, so we had about 150 applicants um, for the program, which was terrific response for our first time, we whittled that down to about 17 who pitched to us, and then that whittled down further to seven companies that we took into this incubator with us. They came here to Greensboro in the U.S., where we have our global headquarters, and worked very closely with our business. We had executive sponsors. I was sponsoring one of the programs, um, the Artificial Intelligence um, program there. So again, that's a great example of showing how the GC and the role of the legal function has moved right up to front and center stage with what the business is trying to do in terms of its own development and, and innovation. And from this, um, we were able to, we had the companies address these pain points, if you like, and help us come up with a solution. What might this look like? And it has been very successful, and we're now working with quite a few of those companies in order to commercialize uh, those ideas, which is helping us, you know, within a few months of that incubator exercise, actually bring these ideas to market. And so it is something that I think we, we, we will do again. Most certainly, I can't say exactly now when that will be, but we do want to do it again. We also see, because at the group level, Volvo Group has also developed its own sort of, it's, it's almost like a full-time incubator called CampX, where they do a lot of spin-off R&D and innovative work. So what we've done with our Innovation Lab, if you like, is now tying into what the group is doing. Um, so it's definitely been a very effective way for us 
to address some of these changes. And, you know, I think it was really important to do it that way because, like I said, you don't know what you don't know. So if we get the whole management team sitting together in a boardroom trying to figure out these problems, we're only going to come up with traditional solutions because that's all that we know. So it's really important to, in this kind of environment to get together with the disruptors and maybe find a way to collaborate together. And just like we need them to be, you know, to, to help us see these new solutions, they need us to help commercialize their ideas because many of them are small companies and they don't have the structure or the resource uh, to bring things out to market globally. So it's a kind of mutually beneficial setup um, for us and for them. And I've also spoken, suggested this as something that external law firms can do too with the disruptors in their space. I say rather than each of us individual in-house law departments looking to purchase this tool or that service. You know, if I was a managing partner in a law firm, I would be looking to really partner up with these these people and then be able to sell that service combined over and over again to a variety of in-house clients. Makes it easier for us because, again, we don't have to reinvent the wheel that way. We're just almost buying it off the shelf. And the law firm that does makes the investment or does the partnering then gets to keep charging for it. You know, it's, it's again, very mutually symbiotic for mm-hmm. those involved. Coming out of large consulting, that was very much the kind of work we did where we would develop an area of practice expertise, both industry-related and a specialty, so something like manufacturing supply chain, or it's an expertise going in two different directions. And very much our clients benefited, and we learned from every client um, by bringing on new ideas. One of the things you mentioned that I just want to bring out that seems very important, no matter how strong the leadership team is, we all have a bit of an autoimmune response to too much change in our current environment. So I love the idea of the incubator outside of my daily business so that I'm, I as the person running the the change initiatives and the incubator are different than the person who is trying to run the daily business and will of course be thinking about what's it going to take to implement. And sometimes that concern about implementation just slows us down. Yeah. And and as you say, it's a good, it's a good, it's like a safe place to play where you can give these ideas some, some, some rope where they can, you know, just develop a little bit whilst not, you know, causing disruption to your business as it continues to churn in the meantime, you know, also in terms of resource mm-hmm. and the people you've got involved. So it's a very, because uh, that's often a challenge for businesses as they pilot new ideas is, is just, you know, where are the people going to come from that are going to help us do this and, and how do we balance this with the existing initiatives we've got going in our business. So it's almost like a little carve-out space where you can, you know, uh, get more creative perhaps than you might ordinarily have the time or ability to, to be and, and test some of these ideas. And then you you are able to start commercializing them. And as you do that, the sort of 
the innovation, the work of the innovation team, if you like, strategy and innovation team will start to slope off and the work and involvement from the operational side of the business starts to increase as they take over. And, you know, these things become commercialized and get brought to market. Mm -hmm. And so there's that neat little transition between the, you know, the two functions, if you like, and the operational side of the business who will eventually carry these things into reality. And then the innovation team will go back and look at, well, okay, then you're ready to do the next round. Let's do another one and see what else, you know, because when we decided at the beginning we were selecting, you know, like I said, we had four uh, key areas that we wanted the the iLab to address, but they weren't the only areas we had in our mind. We just had to pick four because you don't want to do too much at once. So now we have the opportunity when we go back for round two, there's maybe going to be other either new ideas that we hadn't thought of before or maybe there was something that we wanted to address but just didn't have the capacity to do all at once before. And we can now, by keeping it a regular thing, you get the opportunity mm-hmm. to go back and revisit these areas. So we've got about five minutes left. Can you just reiterate, and I know you've already talked about this, how do we partner? And then I want to move into what's your biggest aspiration for supporting disruption going forward? And you've, you've again, done a great job of creating the foundation for that conversation, but I, w- I would like to close out with that question. Sure, certainly. And just so a quick recap. So how do we partner and, and what can we do to be the most effective as GCs and partnering with our business colleagues? So there again, it's moving more towards adopting an owner's mentality, this fixer to founder um, phrase that I keep using, but not losing sight of your impartiality. Obviously, keep that balance so that you can cover both bases and continue to advise the company in terms of legal and regulatory requirements. Be an agent for change, of course. And here, in addition to what I've said already, if you look at the legislative side, the sooner we learn about disruptive trends in our industry, we can become more proactive either by anticipating which new regulations are now going to be core to our operations and also maybe by helping to shape some new laws by being more proactive in that legislative process. Then lastly, of course, being the thought leader, you know, influencing the response of change needed by us and our peers um, and external advisors to help us remain agile. We have to change along with the business, otherwise we become disabling, not enabling. And just to address your closing question there, so in terms of my biggest aspirations, well, as you can probably tell from what I've been speaking about, I, I'm truly inspired by what the Volvo Group and as a part of it, what Volvo Financial Services are doing, not only in response to industry disruption, but also an attempt to lead some of that disruption and innovation themselves. It's not often in one's career that you get the chance to be a part of something like this where you have that fundamental change going on in technology, in industry and services all at the same time, coupled with a deep sense of responsibility for society and the environment. It doesn't always happen when all those pieces come together. So I'm very proud to be involved in that and, and to be actively involved in that. So I see in my role as GC, my biggest aspiration is to be able to transform and develop my team 
in the legal and compliance department, the people, our processes, and the technologies we use so that we can effortlessly shift into becoming the best strategic business partner we can be and thus be more instrumental in helping the organization not only move the needle but to effectively break the mold because that's what we're doing here. And as we enter this whole new world, you know, it's about doing it in such a way where we can create a better future, whether that's on a macro environmental scale or something more local, such as making it a pleasure to do business with the group and with Volvo Financial. And then also uh, for ourselves, you know, with these new um, efficient ways of working, we have to make sure that we, we can also maintain a degree of sanity in our lives and keep that healthy work-life balance going that, that, that we have today. Alexia, thank you so much. It's just a pleasure to talk to you and share this conversation with our audience, specifically uh, this idea that we as leaders co-create a better future. And I know we didn't talk much about Volvo's commitment, not just to moving the needle, but breaking the mold that, that we are at such a tipping point in the world and what we do now really does shape the next decade and potentially the next generations. So the, the areas you brought up, and I'm going to repeat a, a couple of them back. As the legal department, and I, I would say for many other parts of the organization as well, moving from fixer to founder, becoming a, a proactive agent of change. And you mentioned on the legislative side as well as others, this idea that you are managing, potentially even shaping the, the legislation and helping probably correct some legislation that's already been, uh, that is in place, that is obsolete or no longer appropriate given the pace of technology. Uh, the next, because being a thought leader, advising internally and externally, and being better advisors within the legal department, but as as a business, enabling the entire organization to become more agile. Then you talked about balancing the role of being an attorney and a business partner, and, and at times those would seem at odds, and the, the finesse with which you take both positions and meld them together such that you're able to um, attend to fiduciary responsibility as well as ensuring that, again, that the business is moving forward in a way that is agile. Um, and then we came to the, the idea of, of incubating an iLab, and I love the, this image in my mind of almost a wave of the incubator uh, looks at ideas that are important to the business, does its process, and then the one lit wave hits the shore as the next one's forming. Not that we're crashing on top of people, but that but it is the natural flow in a organic cycle of ebbs and flows of, of solving problems and taking leveraging opportunities and then moving to the next one. So I, I just I, I want to deeply thank you for the work you're doing and for sharing it with us. 
Well, thank you very much. It's been my pleasure to to speak with you today, and I, I'm truly honoured and privileged to to do so. And as you could tell, I'm very very excited about about what we've been doing, and I think the the iLab work has been some of the most interesting of my career to date. But it's it's been a great learning experience, and it continues to be that for me. So it's it's um, just been wonderful to be able to chat to you about it here today. Thank you. And how would listeners, is there an email address or a website where folks can learn more about what you're doing with iLab and what you're doing in the innovation space at Volvo Financial? Yes, certainly. If they search for for VFS iLab X, um, they should come up with some um, website links to um, the past iLab X exercise, but also generally just um, Volvo Financial Services and the Volvo Group. Any searching there will will, will lead them to the to the right place. And if they have particular questions, um, they can probably get in touch with you, and then you with me, and we can help them find the right answers. I'd love to talk to anyone who's interested. Thank you. So how people would get in touch with me is info at innovateleader.com or connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a a message letting me know that you listen to the show and I will accept your uh, invitation to link. We also have a Facebook page, Innovating Leadership. We hope that you join us again in the near future to talk more about disruption and companies and leaders that are leading the way to make our world better. Thank you, Alexia. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.